Hello and welcome to Financial Education for the Nation. Happy 2021. New Year, new you. This episode has been sponsored by Idealo, the price comparison website. Okay, so the start of the new year is the perfect time for you to take a deep breath and say, I've decided to have a great future and I'm going to make that my financial future. And I realise that what happened in the past does not reflect on what's going to happen in the future. Um, so if you've had lots of mistakes in the past, doesn't mean that your future is going to make lots of mistakes. It's your decisions that you make and not your environment that's going to dictate that. Um, so you know, let's make 2021 your best year yet. Embrace new financial habits. Uh, they won't always be perfect. You will or you may slip up at times. Um, it's just like walking. The first time you got on the bike, you didn't just jump on the bike and cycle off. You may have fallen off, but you persevered, you kept going. And that's because it was important to you to do that. And financial journey is exactly the same. Um, just because you do certain things doesn't mean that you're going to get it perfectly right just on day one. But you must persevere, persevere with it. <clears throat> As human beings, we like instant gratification. We like to get things. You know, we're so um, uh, trained now to just have things where we go on. Amazon is a classic. I buy something, it arrives the next day. Um, and I was talking to my electrician the other day, and he was all excited because he thought that Amazon will soon be delivering the same day in our area because a new warehouse opening up. I was like, the same day? Do we really need that? The same day? Surely we can wait just 24 hours for something to arrive. I remember when we used to wait a lot longer. Um, I talk about financial freedom because I think that's what your goal should be. Um, and it's just my opinion. But financial freedom to me is the freedom from the worries of money. Um, it doesn't, it's not the Americanism that you might think of, okay, financial freedom, I can do whatever I want when I want that kind of thing, which it could be for you. Um, but I think as a stepping stone that we have our compelling vision and stuff, I think if you sort of start looking and you start agreeing and understanding that you want financial freedom, then. Um, that's a good place to start because I think it's so important for people. Um, people fail at mastering finances because um, they don't appreciate that we are physical beings run by our emotions. And I've said this a number of times before, but I really do mean it. You know, it's it's our emotions that dictate our decisions, how we're feeling. Does that make sense? And when, when we sort of look at um, a computer, for example, you got your computer on the outside and it's solid, but it's the software that runs the computer. It's the software that's really important. Yeah, I agree, your, your RAM and your hard drives are important because that's about storage and you've got to have connectivity and this, that, and the other. Um, but the same with individuals. We've got to have you know, good health, okay? We've got to have our you know, physical well-being and stuff to make sure we can work. But it's our software, our emotions, that will dictate whether we succeed or not. If we don't understand our software, you know, our PC won't work. So let's try and make sure that we understand it's our emotions that are going to help us succeed in life as opposed to any um, process or checklist. Um, we're the same. You may want to achieve financial freedom. Uh, you may want to lose three stone. You may want to meet the perfect partner. Um, but if you don't understand what makes you tick, what makes you operate, you're going against the grain. It's going to be so much harder. So I think what we need to do is just really need to understand what's important to us in life. 
um you know it's it, it, playing with somebody else's toys having something what somebody else has got isn't going to make you happy you know i've got lots of people around me that they see someone's got a ferrari so they go and buy a ferrari they've got a rolls royce that they want a rolls royce or you know they've got a bigger house they want to get a bigger house and really what's important is you've got to say you know what's important to me how do i want to live my life what's on my bucket list and start working your way down and ticking those things off because that ultimately will bring you true wealth true happiness um in my money book, in my uh, book, sorry, the money plan, I write about a compelling vision. And a compelling vision is um, I describe as your desired lifestyle, what it, what it, what you're what you're moving towards. Because it's very important to me that if you're you want to be pushed and pulled, so you want to push and drive yourself to go and achieve whatever it is you want to achieve. But if you've got something that excites you, you'll be pulled towards it as well. So it's kind of like you've got both things working in your favour. Now, for a lot of people, where they are today and their compelling vision like a, a void they're just too far um and they feel it's too much to achieve so what we do is we try and well, we try but we bridge that gap we bridge that gap by having visionary goals i call them visionary goals because they're not too specific they're sort of things that you want to aim towards so it might be for example i want to be free from working um or i want to live in the cotswolds or the countryside or cumbria Okay. So you've got visionary goals that you're working towards. They wouldn't be so specific in their nature because goals generally are very specific. But I also recognize that five and ten years are a long way away. Now, they'll be here before we know it, but they are still a long way away. And if we get too specific about them now, we're probably wasting our time a bit because time will change and we will change. So we've got our compelling vision, which is our future. And if I give you an example of what mine looks like, mine's A4 landscape. My compelling vision is down the middle of it. So it's broken down the middle. And then on the top um, top two sides here, sorry, it's sort of the bottom, I think then. Top side of the bottom, I've got my five and my 10-year goals. And then I've got my one and my three-year goals at the top. And my one and three-year goals are very, very specific. They're very, very specific. Um, because um, three years, it's going to go in a heartbeat. But what the aim is, is that we've got these specific goals, one, three, five, ten, your compelling vision. They're all aligned. They're moving you towards what it is that you want out of life. Um, and then when something else shiny comes along, if it's not really what you want, you can admire it and appreciate it. But you don't go off at a tangent to it. OK. And when I'm setting my one year goals specifically, I set them as peak goals. And what I mean by peak is I want something personal. OK, so something personal for me to achieve. I want something economic, so whether it's my business or financially achieving it. I want something um, um, economic, so sort of more sort of a wider range. And I want something more contribution-based, something that I can give and help for a wider, wider community. So I want to set my goals so they're not all specific around finance, for example. Some might be around relationship and stuff like that, or health. But we also appreciate 12 months is a long time. So 12 months is a very long time um, and we can easily get derailed. I was talking to my wife the other day that I think you know, the lockdown in March was seemed a long time ago. A lot, a lot has happened since then. Um, it's very easy to get derailed. So I want to make sure we stay on plan. So we set quarterly check-ins every 90 days. So every 90 days there's a diary appointment in your diary by you with you. So it's just you and your diary, you and your planner. Get it out and say, okay, how am I doing? So I set these goals at the beginning of the year. So I said in 90 days time, I'm going to work towards and achieve this. How have I done? Have I achieved them? 
and hopefully you're achieving these 90-day check-ins because as we go 90, 90, 90, 90, we go through the year, we're going to get to the other end of the year and we're going to achieve our one-year goal. And that one-year goal is going to take us that one-third of the way towards our three-year goal. So we're moving towards what it is we want. And then every year we reevaluate our outcomes, what we're looking to achieve, that kind of thing. Now, if you want anything to keep you on track when you're sort of saying you're looking at your 90 day goals, you're thinking, well, okay, well, 90 days can be a long time. Um, I often journal every morning. So I get up and I write down some action points, five action points that I want to do that day. And those five action points are going to take me closer towards my 90 day check-in. Um, I review the previous day's check-in, <coughs> previous day action points. So I not like um, sort of look at those, see how I got on, sort of make some comments on those, normally about three items there. Um, I generally write down a few things that I'm very grateful for in life because I think that keeps us humble and grounded and I believe that true wealth comes from that I think really about you know being very appreciative of your surroundings and what you have in life um, makes you wealthy now and you therefore you have a wealthy life rather than looking to achieve wealth which is therefore it's external it's outside of you and it's in the future so having it now today uh, makes you very very happy in, in its way so just doing that it takes very little time I generally meditate first thing, then do my journaling, and then go and work out. So um, it takes a whole about an hour or so in its entirety. Um, so you know, good good thing to set up in the new year. Get yourself up a little bit earlier. Um, do fifteen minutes or so of meditation, 10, 15 minutes of journaling, then you do an hour, a half an hour, forty five minute workout, something like that, and you're wrapped up and it's done. Uh, it's a good way to start the day. It's a great way to start the day. And I'm not saying that's prescriptive. That's what you need to do or have to do. It's just what I do. Um, and it helps you stay on track, helps you stay focused. Um, so yeah, it's a good idea. Um, but I appreciate this isn't the way everyone wants to live their life. Okay, I do appreciate And that's why I say it's not prescriptive. If it's not for you, that's absolutely fine. Um, it's just what I do. And it's worked for me. Um, but if you want to make progress this year in 2021, if you really want to make 2021 the best year yet, you're going to have to do something significant and not hope for it to happen. Um, and the way you make do something significant is firstly by deciding. And by deciding, you're effectively setting a goal. And then you decide and you work towards it. So whatever your way of doing it is, um, you, know, you do it your way because that's the right way that you need to do it. But you, know, you are capable far more than you feel or expect of yourself. And I think we all, include myself, underestimate what we're able to achieve. So uh, here's to making 2021 your best year yet. And um, yeah, let me know how you get on. Share some of your goals with me. Send them through to me. Let me know what you want to do. And um, I'll be your accountability partner. So I'll even check back in on you and uh, see how you're getting on. So five things I think you can do to help your 2021 financial future. So improve your finances in the forthcoming year. Um, we've just touched on goals, but set yourself a goal. I think the... Um, the, the feeling of achieving a goal and the feeling of achieving subsequent goals, so successive goals, really boosts your confidence. So if you set out to say, I'm going to X, run a mile, run five miles, um, tell my age, can't you, not use kilometers, run five Ks, whatever it might be, um, lose a pound, lose five pounds, lose a stone, I don't know what your goals are. Save a hundred thousand pounds. I don't know what what it is you want to do. Set your goals out there, and then systematically and disciplined work towards achieving it. And that really boosts your confidence. If you've never done this before, set yourself up to win. Set yourself something very modest, 
do that very small set that you almost know that you're going to do great you get a win then repeat it slightly bigger slightly bigger so you're boosting yourself up um plan your 2021 diary so this is something i do every year i buy a wall planner and i've got to say this year's wall planner has been quieter than it's ever been but on the wall planner schedule out your holidays schedule out your check-in so i have check-ins with myself i have check-ins with my business we run coursey reviews we run the same sort of process in the office and plan out your year and then you can see how it's going and then you can keep progress and write all over it so i have my wall planner pinned up in my gym and i see it every day and i can see what's coming up for the rest of the year it's a great way to do it it's very important to schedule in their me time as well so time away from work so time for you to relax whether that's just um taking time out with your friends um having a massage you know time away on your own that kind of thing um and also if you're in a relationship schedule some date nights in there as well so it's really important i try and do a date night every week with my wife um it keeps the relationship fresh and young and enjoyable um and um it's fun it's fun just because you've been married for a period of time we've been together it doesn't mean you can't do the things that you would do otherwise with the new person but this way at least you know who they are and what they like uh step three get to know your best friend ali and improve ali so you know ali by now assets liabilities income and expenditure go through and make 2021 just incremental improvements on it so if we can increase our net worth our assets um if we increase our assets by increasing our investment return maybe put a bit more money into our pension uh reduce our liabilities so maybe pay down some of our credit cards or our mortgages that kind of thing boost our income so try and get a pay rise at work get a bonus maybe sell some stuff on online get a side hustle and reduce our expenditure so look at what we're paying out on is there anything we no longer use is there anything we can get cheaper that kind of thing if we constantly tweak and improving our um our kapis basically we're going to get improvement over the long term number four um, get yourself a will um get it out review one if you've got one make sure it says what you said says on the tin make sure you're happy with it if you did it a number of years ago pay and get it reviewed because legislation does change um a lot of people left a lot of assets in discretionary trusts um and then you lose the residential no rate band so getting your will out is very very important um make sure that's review and then number five i go on about them all the time but it's because i'm so passionate about them make sure you arrange and register your lasting power of attorneys these are real simple things you can do online um or you can use our, my own firm to do it um, but they're not difficult but get them done you will be pretty glad that you did if you ever need to call on them okay so some other news this week so now pensions which is a pension provider and the um, pensions policy institute ppi um, did a report and they revealed that 42 percent of bame groups i didn't know what that was uh, black asian and minority ethnic groups 53 uh, percent of carers and 50 percent of disabled people are currently saving into private pensions and people with disabilities are receiving a pension wealth of just seven thousand four hundred fifty pounds just nine percent of the uk average so you know, they got massively underfunded pensions now if nine thousand four hundred fifty is nine percent of the uk average i worked out the uk average average to be around about eighty two thousand pounds um which still isn't enough you know so even if you're average in the uk it's not enough so what in your life are you average at you know do you really want to be average at anything so you know, let's try and do something and remember things don't happen overnight so if you're looking at this thinking geez i haven't got a pension or i've got thirty thousand in my pension or whatever that's fine let's just make decisions to over time incrementally increase that and boost it um just give you some heads up the eighty-two thousand pound 
average pension is going to give you an income in retirement of around about 3,300 a year. Okay, so 3,300 a year, add that onto your state pension, which is about just over 9,000 a year, you'll be lucky to even pay tax. Now, I know you might think, well, that's very tax efficient, but it means you haven't got much money to spend and enjoy. So um, we'll spend a bit of time this year on ways to boost your retirement income and your pensions as well. Uh, sticking on the retirement front, uh, according to research by Ian, uh, sorry, Erwin Mitchell, in conjunction with YouGov, 40% of adults aged 40 and over who have never been married um, had not planned for retirement yet, compared to 23% of married people aged 40 and over. So that's fascinating, isn't it? I just find it fascinating that people don't plan for their retirement, but I guess it's the business that I'm in. But um, yeah, yeah. Research also found that 32% of married people knew what income they needed for retirement and how to achieve it. Great. They probably work with a financial planner. Uh, compared with just 17% of single adults aged 40 and over. So um, I know retirement is for so many people so far off in the future, but um, it's going to come around and it's just about putting plans in place now so that you are ready when it does arrive. Um, questions in for the readers this week. So I run my own business. Uh, with COVID, it's made me worried about what would happen if I were to die. What life cover do I need? Okay, so when you're on your own business, whether it's a partnership or a limited company, one thing you do need is a business agreement, shareholder agreement or a partnership agreement. And that basically outlines what's going to happen on your death. Um, if you uh, don't have anything, then if you're a limited company, your shares in essence pass to your spouse or your family. So your surviving business partner will be then be in business with your wife. Is that what he or she wants? Or your husband, should I say? Um, is that what they want? Is that the right thing to do? So a business agreement will put will correct that and sort that out. Uh, and then in addition to that, you need to make sure it's what we call funded so that there is a bit of money in place to compensate the, the estate of the deceased um, for on their death so that the shares can fall to the survivor. So a good example, um, two guys in business together, one of them dies, the shares go to the deceased family and there's some life insurance in place that will pay the deceased family letting up or giving up their shares and the shares go to the survivor so the survivor then owns 100 percent of the business so it's important you get these things looked at a good financial planner will be able to arrange them for you um, it's very important but that's the ownership side of it but also remember and don't discount that many overdrafts or credit lines will be called in so if you've got overdrafts or um, invoice discounting that will also be called in so that will need to be repaid so can the company afford that um, and is the company going to be at risk if one of the business owners dies? Small businesses, generally, they're the key employees. So maybe a key person insurance policy as well is also needed. Uh, again, a good certified financial planner will be able to help you with that. Uh, next question. I am 70 years old and own my own home. I am fit and COVID has made me realize how important life, there's a bit of a theme here, how important life is. Uh, can I borrow against my own home? Okay, so what you're referring to here is equity release. Um, our first recommendation with people is look, equity release can be expensive. It's a lot cheaper than it used to be, but it can be expensive. So we always recommend you look at downsizing first. Is the home you're in the home that you want to spend the rest of your life in? If it's not, perhaps now's a great time to downsize, buy the property that you want to live in in your later life, and then release equity that way. That's our first point of call. If that's not going to work for you, then we suggest that you do look at equity release schemes and um, use the equity release council uh, membership is like a governing body as it were 
it's not a regulatory body it's an association but hopefully the, they, there's criteria that their lenders have to abide by about no negative equity guarantees that will kind of put a layer of protection in there for you as well but um, yeah extra lease basically is a reverse mortgage as they call it in America they work the other way you borrow the money you don't make any repayments back yourself this the repayments are added to the amount you borrow plus interest so it does compound and grow fairly quickly but at the end of the day you can't take your money with you and I'm sure your family would rather you be happy and enjoy your life now than take all that money with you but make sure you get good advice um, from an independent um, financial planner um, before doing that just to make sure you've covered off all the different angles and you know what's going to happen um, so that's it for this week um, I hope it's been useful um, exciting time of the year 2021 let's make it a great year and uh, keep your questions coming in and if there's anything you'd like me to cover please get in touch Thank you.